Lewis and the Bootstitcher. For seven or eight months, a cobbler named Louis G. wooed a young female bootstitcher named Victorine R., whom he was soon to marry. The wedding bands had already been published. Due to the state of affairs, these two young people considered themselves to be almost united for good. And for economic reasons, the cobbler came each day to have his meals with his bride-to-be. Louis came as usual one day to have supper at his fiancée's. They had a fight over some petty matter, and with both holding stubbornly to their own opinions, things escalated to the point where Louis left the table and swore he would never return again. Nevertheless, the next day, he went to ask her for forgiveness. Night is a good counselor, so the saying goes. But the girl believed that perhaps the scene from the night before might happen again after it was too late to remedy the evil. She refused to reconcile. Neither protests, nor tears, nor desperate pleas could make her yield. Several days had passed since their quarrel, and Louis hoped that his beloved would be more reasonable, so he decided to make one last attempt at reconciliation. When he arrived at her home, he knocked in a way that let her know it was him, but she refused to open the door. Renewed appeals on the part of the poor young man and protests made through the door failed to touch the heart of his speedless fiancée. Farewell, then, cruel girl, exclaimed the poor man. Farewell forever. Just try to find a husband who loves you as much as I do. The girl then heard a muffled groan, soon followed by a thud, as if an object had fallen, sliding against the door. Afterward, all was silent. She thought that Louis had sat down on the doorstep to wait for her to leave, and so she decided not to go out while he was still there. Around fifteen minutes later, another tenant, carrying a lantern, came upon the scene and let out a scream, crying for help. Neighbors rushed over, and Miss Victorine also opened her door. She let out a cry of horror at seeing her fiancé stretched out on the floor, pale and lifeless. Everyone hastened to help him, but it soon became clear that it was all of no use that he was dead. The poor young man had buried a knife in his heart, and it remained sticking in the wound. Parisian Spiritist Society, August 1853 To the Spirit, St. Louis As the unintentional cause of her lover's death, was the young woman at all responsible for it? Yes, because she didn't actually love him to begin with. Then, in order to have prevented this unfortunate event, should she have married him in spite of her repugnance? She was looking for an excuse to break up with him. She did towards the beginning of the relationship what she would have done later anyway. Then, in that case, did her responsibility result from her having fed sentiments that she herself did not share? 
and which eventually resulted in the young man's suicide? Yes, precisely. Her responsibility in this case should then be in the proportion to her wrong, and thus not as great as if she had willingly provoked his death. Obviously. Is Louis' suicide excusable due to the torment into which Victorine's stubbornness plunged him? Yes, because a suicide out of love is less criminal in God's eyes than a suicide of someone who wants to be freed from life for cowardly reasons. When evoked later, the spirit of Louis G. was asked the following questions. What do you think about what you did? Victorine was an ingrate, and I was wrong in committing suicide because of her. She wasn't worth it. She didn't love you then? No, at first she thought she did. She had that illusion. However, the scene that I caused opened her eyes, and she was happy at having found a pretext to get rid of me. And you, did you love her sincerely? Only out of passion, that is all I think. If my love had been pure, I wouldn't have wanted to cause her any grief. If she knew that you really would kill yourself, would she have persisted in her refusal? I don't know, I don't think so, because she isn't a bad person. However, she would have been unhappy, and it is better for her that things turned out as they did. When you knocked on her door, did you have the idea to kill yourself in case of rejection? No, I hadn't even thought of it. I didn't think she would still be so obstinate. It was only when I saw her stubbornness that I lost my mind. It seems that you don't regret your suicide, except for the fact that Victorine wasn't worth it. Is that the only feeling you have? For now, I'm still totally confused. It seems like I'm still at her door, but I'm feeling something else I can't quite figure out. Will you be able to figure it out later? Yes, when my mind clears up. What I did was wrong. I should have left her alone. I was weak, and now I'm suffering the consequences of my weakness. Mind you, passion blinds a man and makes him do stupid things, and he only realizes it when it's too late. When you said you had one regret, what is it? I was wrong to have shortened my life. I shouldn't have done it. I should have endured it instead of ending it before the proper time. And now, afterward, I'm unhappy. I'm suffering, and it's always Victorine who makes me suffer. I still seem to be there at the door, that ingrate. Don't talk to me anymore about this. I don't want to think about it. It makes me feel really bad. Goodbye. This case, once again, is a further proof of the justice that presides over the distribution of punishment according to the degree of responsibility of the guilty party. Here, the first wrong is perpetrated by the young woman for having nourished in Louis a love she did not share. Thus, she bears the greatest part of the responsibility. As for the young man, he is being punished by the suffering he endures. However, his punishment is lighter because he did nothing more than give in to a thoughtless impulse and a moment of excitement rather than to the cool premeditation of those who commit suicide in order to evade the trials of life.